This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. I'm back with Ben. Hi, guys. So we're excited to be with you, and we're talking about rest again. And Ben's got some exciting stuff to share, and I'm looking forward to diving into that with him. So what do you got for us, Ben? Yeah, so just in studying into rest more, it's uh, I kind of was looking along the route of just what the different different words meant, their definitions, and where, where they were used in the Bible. And it kind of led to some interesting... Uh, some interesting parts and so i was looking at there's i believe there's around seven different kinds of words that are translated into rest Mm. um and and so i was looking at exodus 33 and it's part where the lord is is saying he said uh it says and he said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest and he's talking about bringing the children of Israel um, into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at that word rest, and it's it's used quite a few times throughout the Bible, but the kind of the idea behind it is basically to, it's a little bit to like to set down to place, uh, or uh there also, it's used for the the ark when the ark rested on the mountain. Mm-hmm. That's the word that they're looking at there, and I thought it was interesting. In Genesis, is also used in uh, chapter two, verse fifteen. It says, "Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it." And you know, the Lord goes on to give him commandments according uh, accordingly of what he can and can't do, but I thought it was really interesting how if you were to kind of translate it to rest, it would be kind of like, then the Lord God took the man and rested him, put him to a rest in, mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden and to tend and keep it. And I thought it was interesting how right along with the part about being rested, that same word, is he's, he's talking about putting him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And I was like, you know, a lot of times we think of rest, like, well, you know, kind of the physically not moving and uh, Mm -hmm. taking a break. But I thought it was interesting how it talks about it here of him tending and keeping the garden. And it kind of brought just the idea to mind that a little bit of the conclusion that I, I came to was some of like God's rest is so much in in the places where he where he puts us they where he has uh designed for us and when um when he brings us to that point he has a previously prepared place and purpose for us and then in that place he can give us his peace and i see that a little bit as in the abiding as well when and when we're walking in his will we are abiding with him Mm -hmm. and so there can be that rest in doing the things that we were designed to do. 
just in in the working there as Adam was created mm-hmm. and he was told to tend the garden. God created him to be able to do that. So I just really thought that was interesting how how it puts kind of the not sitting still type of rest into the picture there. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. And I know when we were talking about it earlier, and I haven't studied that particular word as much as you had, but I was thinking of that um, saying or law, whatever it is, of an object at rest stays at rest. When God puts an object at rest, that object should stay at rest. And I think there's a hook there because we tend to be, as creatures of free will, the Lord puts us in a place of rest, we tend to get excited in ourselves and we want to go and get unrested. At least that seems like what it is for me. Um, I know when we were talking about it and I'm not sure if it fits perfectly, but in my hand right now I have a water bottle mm-hmm. and what comes to mind when we're talking about that rest of God and that being like Adam was put in the garden and he was at rest that that's that put in or whatever the is translated to the same mm-hmm. rest that you're talking about in Exodus yeah, 33. Kind of the place, yeah. Yeah, that there's this place or setting um, or settling. And so I have this water bottle, and if this water bottle's me and my hand is the Lord, then he sets me on a certain place that's his ordained will that I'm to be there. And that if I remain there, I'm at rest, like perfect rest. But... I'm also kind of like the water inside the water bottle, which is kind of representative of my spirit, I guess. And when it first sits down, if it's not moving, the water, the liquid is perfectly flat. It's at, in harmony with the container that it's in. But if the container starts moving around and it's no longer in the same place that it was sat down, the water inside gets agitated and it's no longer at rest. And that's what it and when we're talking about this, that's kind of what I, how do I translate that to myself in ways when I, I'm not, or I'm choosing not to feel rested or I don't feel rested. And I, now we've kind of complicated it because we've decided that there's multiple forms of, of rest. There's physical rest, spiritual rest, mental rest. And then there's this idea of like remaining rest and which I kind of, i prefer the idea of remaining rest because I think it's everything is sourced from this type of rest being in the Lord's will and choosing to be that you know being surrendered to remain there you're at perfect rest when that is alignment um so yeah I I like kind of the different tones it could take um I know it went sort of along with what I was dwelling on um which is in john 17 verses 20 where jesus um is praying for all believers this is uh right before jesus and his disciples go into the garden of gethsemane and jesus has this prayer and he starts by praying for himself and he prays for his immediate disciples, the 11 that were with him at the time as Judas was going to betray him. And then it says that Jesus goes ahead and prays for those who will come to believe after him through the word of the disciples. So I'm going to read a couple of these verses. Uh, It's starting in 20, I think down to 24. 
I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he says, I do not pray for these alone. He's talking about the disciples who he just finished praying for, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So after the testimony of the disciples has gone forth, those who will believe after their, their testimony, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. And so as I was tackling, obviously this mentions nothing about rest, but I've been captured by this thought, and we've talked about it quite a bit in this already, that unity, oneness, union with Christ is perfect rest, going back to that placed in rest. We are in Christ. If we are in Christ, Christ is at rest with the Father, and we in Christ are at rest. And going back to that as if being set, if we've been set in Christ, then we are at rest. We've been placed there by the Father in Christ. We've been given to Jesus, and Jesus has been given to us, and we are at rest. Now, I think that's tricky because I think we all know, well, I believe 100% that I am in Christ. I believe that, that I am in Christ on a daily basis. That is what I wake up, at least I hope, maybe sometimes it's a little later in the day, I admit, like, Lord, I am in Christ. And then I want to go to bed with that same thought of in Christ and have that full, because I believe it. But throughout the day, or it doesn't really matter, I can feel unrested at times. and So there's a tension there between being in Christ and also having this idea of unrest. And I just, I'm discovering, well, rest for one thing. We're, I don't know that this side of heaven we will ever find the perfect rest that our souls are longing for, that original rest that Adam had in the garden walking with the Lord. I, God created him at rest, which is kind of going back to the idea of being put in rest. He was, Yes, he was working, mm-hmm. but he knew nothing outside of what trial or turmoil or difficulty looked like because he was 100% walking with the Lord in the garden and perfectly fulfilling what the Lord had ordained for him to do. And so he was at rest. And then now we've, been, we've returned to that in Christ. We're no longer of the seed of Adam, but we're in Christ and so we have that ability to be at rest. Now, we are in sinful bodies, fallen just like Adam. So we're in Christ, but we're also still in our fleshly bodies. And so there is constantly that tension between the spirit and the flesh battling for, I'd almost call it the rest of our spirit. Like, And so I, to me, this, is, this rest is going to be a sanctification process, and I... And um, so I was thinking about this as in Jesus was perfect, amen. And so <laughs> amen. he he was at rest with the Father. And 
uh, the thought keeps eluding me. It's like right here. Um, he was selfless. That's what it was. Jesus was 100% selfless. He cared only for the will of the Father, first and foremost, and then from the will of the Father, how the will of the Father affected others, and that the love that the Father gave him, he extended to others around him, and that he served others. And so he was 100% selfless. And I realized when I'm not at rest, it's because I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the things that I want to have in my control or the things that are no longer in my control and are seemingly out of control that I want to bring back into control. Or, And that is when, when I'm thinking selfishly or I'm motivated by myself, I find that I tend to become outside of rest. And I'm no longer operating within that in Christ mindset, but I'm operating in in Jacob's mindset. And that's not a restful mindset to have. You're in the middle of looking at something, so I'm wondering if I should ask you what you think about that. But Yeah, well I was <clears throat> I was looking for the verse um in Philippians two four. It's talk about um not looking um on your own things mm-hmm. but also on the things of others. And I don't know, this kind of goes a little bit back to like the joy um, uh, acronym about Jesus first, other second, yourself last. And mm-hmm. when it's in that order, that brings joy. But I think like you're saying, it's also a very restful place because you have your ducks in a row, if you will. You have you have each thing in its proper place. And so I love, I love that picture because a lot of times it's easy, like, if you're not focused on your own problems, it's really restful. Honestly, like you were saying in, in being able to, like, whether that's, you know, helping other people or, like, looking after the things of other people, to me, that's really restful to be not be thinking about myself. Right. So, yeah, just a little bit to your point there. Yeah, because when it's, when I stop thinking of it in terms of my time, my money, uh, my whatever, and it's, it suddenly becomes Jesus's time, Jesus's money, Jesus's whatever I have to offer to Jesus. It's out of my hands. I I recognize it all fully as Christ, and therefore I can happy-go-lucky seems a little bit like a loose term, but I can be because it's all Jesus for Jesus because of Jesus, and there's nothing that I need be concerned about other than being faithful to serving the Lord. And that's just <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's... It's kind of like, well, thanks, Jake. That's kind of like a radical move to make, just like 100%. And that's why it's going to be a sanctification process. It's not, it's for the Lord to discern for each person's growth with his, in a relationship with him, what that rest looks like and how deeply they go into it, this side of heaven. But the truth is there's rest in Christ and that when our focus is turned to Christ, we become more rested. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hundred <clears throat> percent, I agree with that. I had a train of thought that I kind of lost there, um, but I I like the idea of looking at um, looking onto other people, mm-hmm. um, just just having the focus on them. I think that's really where um, that's that's where Jesus's Jesus's life was. Like you know, we have him in it as an example. He always was doing the Father's will, but his perspective was outwards. Mm-hmm. towards other people and and like like you're saying he i he he was more he was more worried about other people he he came for other people to other people 
And so just going along with that, but in that unity, he did have rest with the father. And I don't, I think his, his intentionality, his focus on the father and being in that relationship caused rest to be in him, which it was, you know, it's not to say that is always the physical rest, you know, he's sweating in the garden mm-hmm. and, and so like there, it's not like everything was, you know, just peachy, but he did have that, there was that rest between him and the father that, that, that was his focus. And that's like, I was thinking about it today, how, you know, I can, I can be like, okay, you know, each one can have their own thing for rest. You know, if I take my rest in my money, mm-hmm. well, that's something that can fail. That's something that other people can look at and be like, well, you know, what if your money goes away? Very good point. Unless it's, unless my rest is centered and focused on something unchangeable, such as God, who's the only unchangeable one, it's going, it's going to fail. And so I think that's, that's part of the, it's just one of the reasons as to why we should have that focus on the Lord mm-hmm. is coming into, into that rest uh, with him. Yeah, that's really good. I'm trying to, I was thinking about, I don't know, I just had the thought pop in while you're talking about, and I was checking to see if it would be true, um, but I was thinking about uh, the storm on the Sea of Galilee and how Jesus called a, caused a great calm to come upon it. I was curious to see if it would be the same word for rest because it reminds me of what I was thinking about my water analogy in the water bottle and how yeah. when the water bottle is being moved around, the, the water's not calm. It's not at rest. So anyway, that was just a side train of thought, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of curious now to pursue what that word calm fully means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think um, just looking over um, some of the other things, I yeah, I think just the bottom line that I I came to is that no matter what angle you come at it from, mm-hmm. the bottom line is coming and getting to know the Lord, getting to know Jesus yeah. and getting into his presence because we can talk about all the different facets of rest, but really all true rest comes from him. And that's where, that's what, like, in, in studying things from different angles, it's like we always, I always come back to that point where it's like, you know what, that is found only in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and that that really ties back into the root passage where we kind of name this entire series that come to me, that Matthew 11, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we were talking earlier how it mentions two types of rest there, which when I read it now, it makes sense. Um, the first rest is that idea of, is the idea of refreshment or like I, for some reason I thought of lemonade. I was thinking of like that kind of refreshment. Yeah. Like it's, he's talking about all you who are labor and are heavy laden, implying that there's been labor and a heaviness upon mm-hmm. us who have been called by him, but he's offering refreshment from that. He's offering living water to quench what we have been thirsting for for our entire lives. And then, and Ben, help me with the second term for rest, but this is that set 
unless I'm mistaken, this is that set rest, right? Where we're being placed rest, kind of that idea of... Um, it's so the second rest is really interesting it's so the first one it talks about refreshed mm -hmm. and everything but the second one it's like you're saying it's a different word it's it's kind of a spin-off really mm -hmm. um of the first word but it's actually talking about like ceasing yeah, and and right. stopping mm -hmm. and i was like what but in that it um i'm, I'm not gonna get in it too far but just in hebrews it talks about how just as God stopped from his works um, on the seventh day, we should too. But I look at that kind of how he says, you know, taking when he, when we take his yoke upon us, we can then stop trying to earn mm -hmm. our, our way into salvation, if, if you will. And, and so the, in that way we can, we can cease from our works and then he takes over Yep. And it's kind of like the idea of coming coming into that rest, into salvation with him. Yeah, which is which really ties back again to that uh, selflessness that we're laying, what we're laying aside, what we're laboring or have been laboring for is ourself in under the law of sin of death. It's that's the labor we were in before Christ. Christ has brought the refreshment of Himself. And then now I, I forgot that it was the ceasing. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we are, that is what we are to cease from, is that work. And now we've come into a new work of Christ, which is similar to what Adam was doing in the garden, just in a spiritual sense of laboring for the Lord. No different than what Adam was laboring in for the garden and keeping the garden, doing what God had commanded him. Now we are doing what Christ has commanded us to do. And so if we were to just skip that yoke part entire, entirely and just it's actually just Jesus saying, take myself upon you, take my ways, not your ways, and then you will find this rest. You will find this lightness because it's me, basically. I feel like that's a good place. I, that's exciting, though. <laughs> like, I don't want to stop there now, but we are at the... 20 over 20 minute mark so i do kind of want to pick up this discussion where we left off though because i think it's really exciting and even just as sitting here and suddenly we start talking about it and kind of hashing it back and forth more than we have or more than just before we sat down and like wow this is it's connecting thank you lord praise the lord um yeah so <clears throat> yeah yeah thanks ben for bringing your points some that was stuff that i couldn't come up with on my own so i'm glad that well i couldn't either <laughs> i'm glad that it was rounded in that way so well thank you everyone for listening i hope that once again it's been encouraging to you i hope that this um just study on rest is making sense and that it's not just for ben and i though i think we're both getting a lot out of it and um are thankful for how the lord's working in it but i hope it is proving to be edifying and applicable to your walks as well and uh, relationship with Jesus. So praying for you all. Uh, hope you have a great uh, week this next week, and we will be back with you next week. So enjoy the week.
Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.